What is your why? If you wake up and you don't want to show up to work, why do you keep showing up? Do you want to spend time with your family? Do you want to travel? Always keep the end in line when you're challenging yourself or when you wake up with those feelings of not wanting to go to work. Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. On today's episode, ladies, we have Ingrid Duque. She is an immigrant from Colombia and by the age of 30 became financially independent by owning and managing over 50 units with her husband. What you're going to really like about this is that she was able to leverage her W-2 and build a very solid plan before quitting her job two years ago. And we break that down. So if you're really thinking that you cannot go another day into the office and you want to quit now because you just read Rich Dad Poor Dad, Stop a little bit, <laughs> listen to this episode, and really listen to what Ingrid had to share about her plan and how she was able to strategically have control of her financial future. Before we get into Ingrid's story, let's hear a word from our sponsors. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Top real estate investors love to talk about how they save so much on taxes. But how are they able to build rental property empires while skirting Uncle Sam? 1031 Exchanges. 1031 exchanges allow you to defer capital gains taxes while you sell an investment property, exchanging your old property for a bigger, better one and avoiding the tax man while you do it. And that's where First American Exchange Company comes in. They're the leaders in 1031 exchanges. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting, First American Exchange can help you with simple rental property exchanges, complex commercial real estate investments, reverse exchanges, and more. Don't let your taxes eat into your profits. Visit First American Exchange Company at firstexchange.com. Or call them at 800-556-2520. That's firstexchange.com or 800-556-2520. Keep your money in your pocket and propel your portfolio further at firstexchange.com. First American Exchange Company does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your financial, real estate, tax, or legal advisor about your circumstances. First American Exchange Company. Safe, smart, secure. Welcome back, everyone. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest Her Show. Five years running, right, Andressa? God, five years goes by very quickly. But we are absolutely committed to empowering women to live a financially free and balanced life on their own terms. We do that twice a week, right, Andressa? We do that through our community. We do that in a lot of different ways. But it all started with this amazing podcast where we get a chance to interview some just phenomenal women in the, in the trenches doing the work. Ingrid 
Duque, thank you for being on our show today. Thank you so much, Liz and Andresa, for having me. I'm very excited. Yeah, excited to jump into your story. And we we kind of go deep uh, quickly. So what has been the lesson that has taken you the longest to learn on your journey of investing? I would say, actually, one of the, and it's, a, it's still like a work in progress, pretty much, is being self-aware and realizing that one of the biggest limitations that I have are the ones that are set up in my own mind. And there's actually a book that I've read that I really, really like, and it's from Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, where he talks about that, like our only limitations are the ones that are set up in our own minds. So as I start my journey and as I work towards my real estate portfolio, I've learned that sometimes like I'm too afraid to do something, but it's not because there's like an outside force preventing Mm -hmm. me, but it's like myself, like my own mind, I'm becoming insecure. So it's like, I'm actually my biggest obstacle and it's a work in progress. Like the more I expand my business, it's like the more I learn that I need to overcome that. I like that a lot. But I think that, you know, as as an immigrant, we all overcame one of the hardest things ever, which is coming to to a country. You came from Colombia, right? Yes. I was born in Colombia. Yes. Yeah. Born in Colombia. You came came with your family and um, it's only only immigrants understand what, what I'm talking about, because even though we build our home here, there is this 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 um sense of not belonging because we belong in the world but this this uh sense that we really need to work even harder yes because we we know what it really takes so going back to to your journey right mm-hmm. in real estate how you were able to to scale we want to really dive in, in into that so give us a snapshot of where it started, how it started, and where you are at now. So everything started back in 2014. Um, you know, like, again, my culture being from Colombia, it was very, in my my parents, they really highlighted us going to school, getting a corporate job. Like in my culture, like that's how you can determine if you've been successful. If you have a corporate job, you know, just show up nine to five, you have a salary. So we did that. Like, you know, I was a good daughter. I went to school. I got my degree. But then I realized within the first year of my W-2 job that just because you have a degree doesn't mean that you have financial stability. Like the company can have layoffs, bankruptcy, and that's what happened for the company that I was working for. They declared bankruptcy and they laid off like 75% of my department. So at that point, I wasn't laid off, but at that point, it made me realize that I needed to have a plan B, like a backup plan. Having my education was good, but it wasn't the only solution. And I needed to work on that. So my husband and I, we sat down and we realized that real estate could be that backup plan. So we focused on real estate. We found our first property and it was pretty much sight unseen because we were living in Pennsylvania and we bought it in Atlanta, Georgia. That's where my family is settled and my husband's family is settled. So we took that risk. We invested with like all of our savings And that's where it started pretty much. 2014, we bought our first property. It was a lot of lessons learned. We made so many mistakes, but it actually, it's all about how you see those mistakes. We saw them as lessons learned. So we learned from that. And then from there on, we decided to leverage our W-2 job as a tool. And 
it actually picked up like from 2018 to like 2023, we were able to scale our portfolio. I really want to dissect what you Mm -hmm. just said it. And I want to highlight that you said, let's leverage our W2 in order to build a portfolio. Yes. You know how many times I hear, listen, I read this real estate book. I think, yes, I am awakened now and I'm quitting my job next week and I'm going to jump head first because that's that's the life that I want. Whoa, hold (laughs) a second. Hold on. So first of all, you both had a W-2 and let's break that down. How, I'm sure you were anxious to like, oh gosh, I can't wait to to really transition, right? Mm -hmm. But can you break it down? How were you able to leverage your W-2 and why was that important? What was really important for us was that how we could become bankable to a loan, pretty much, like banks or lenders. So we quickly realized that if I were to quit my job or my husband were to quit like his not job, too bankable. <laughs> we're not bankable. I mean, we would be, I mean, I was dreading, honestly, like it was, I was waking up in the morning. I didn't want to go to work. It's that feeling that people get when they talk to you about wanting to quit. Mm. But then it's all about the perspective and the mindset that you have. So instead of waking up and being like, oh goodness, I don't want to go to work. It's more like, oh, I'm going to use them. I'm going to use my employer in order to become more bankable and in order to raise my salary. So what we did, we went with that mentality knowing, hey, we need to sacrifice and hustle and work really hard right now in order for us to have the life we want two, three years from now. So realizing that of saying, hey, I'm actually investing in my own future by staying in this job. And switching that mentality instead of me saying, I hate my job, you know, this sucks, I don't want to go to work. It's more like, actually, no, this is a tool that I have. I'm going to go ahead and use this tool in order to get financial freedom in the future. Love that, Ingrid. I mean, the bank of being bankable is is so critical as we're as we're talking about. So let's like dissect this because again, this is a strategy I think a lot more people need to do versus mm-hmm. just go quit your job cavalier, figure it out. So what did, what did that plan look like for you and your husband? Like walk us through specifically the length of the plan and, and the, the process. So as I had mentioned before, like we wanted to use our employer or the company that we were working for as a tool. Now our plan was going to be long-term, you know, like with real estate, there's no such thing as get quick, you no know, rich, quick, none, none of that. We had like a long-term plan. So our first plan was, okay, so how can we use our employer? And one of those things was like, they were providing opportunities for development, like education. So we purposely found an employer that paid for our master's. So that was key for us is like, we don't want to get into debt. We don't want to get a student loan. So we got an employer and that meant that we had to move. So for us, we were with the same vision of like, we're going to take a risk. We're going to move to this new employer because they're going to pay for our education. So what happens is that we went to school and we got our master's. Why? Because in our industry, if you have a master's, you can make 25% more More. in income. Exactly. So we did Hmm. that. We went, we did that. We sacrificed moving like from Georgia to like Pennsylvania. And in addition to that, we have a background in engineering So our employer also paid for our licenses. It was all done strategically. 
our licenses would increase our income for an additional 10%. So we're talking about remaining bankable, but also how can we increase that limit of being like maximize your W-2. Exactly. Like maximizing that you Mm. have a tool, find out, can they help me do a certificate? Can they help me not do this in order for me to make more money? So that was like kind of like plan A is like, first step, we're going to find a company. We understand the risk that we're going to have to move. And we were aligned on that. We agreed that if you want to have this goal, we need to make sacrifices. So we moved, got our master's, got our license. And after that, it was more of like, okay, so now we have all of the, all of these like certificates and degrees. We need to find out if we can get another job. Now, when you're in corporate America, a promotion can be 3% every year. That barely keeps up with inflation nowadays. Wow, 3%, yes. right? Oh, God yeah. promoted, 3%. No, yeah. And it's like, they go, you go to your review and they're like, oh, Ingrid, congratulations, you got 3%. And I'm like, oh, God. Isn't inflation like seven? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> so we realized that. So like our second step was, okay, we got first step taken care of. Our second step is like, how can we still increase our income? And that meant we needed to relocate. So we relocated to different states. We went to Kentucky. We went to South Carolina. We went to Georgia, Pennsylvania. And all of that, we understand that every family is different. But for us, we understood that that meant that we needed to pick up and go to another location for a year in order to increase our income. Because our company was giving us 3%, like I mentioned, when you relocate and pick up and go to another company, you're going to get a 15, 20% pay bump. And that increases your bankability. I love that. So here, here's what I'm thinking about. So you got the master's is not like an easy feat. It's not like mm-hmm. I'm going to get my master's in the next 24 hours, right? That that's mm-hmm. and then both of you are doing that. So walk yes. me through the time frame. You're both getting your master's, then you move again. How long did that take? Were you investing along the way while that was happening? Or is that like the first thing you did? And then you said, okay, let's pick up the investing. So the first thing we did is we bought our first property. We decided, you know, this is really good, but we don't have money. <laughs> we yep. paid this property cash. So how can we increase our bankability and our savings? Then the so master's second, came. Master's came. That took us two years because we were okay. working full time. Okay. So during th- that two-year frame, we got our license as uh, engineers, and then we got our master's. So it was kind of like... We weren't working on like real estate, but we were hustling to go to school after work at night. To increase that income. To increase that income. Okay. After that two-year frame, we relocated to another company that had increased our salary by 25%. Mm. So now it's like, okay, great. Now we have all of this. We were able to save up money. And at that point, that's when we realized, okay, we have more money. We're more bankable. We are making more. Let's go ahead and pick up the real estate investing. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. 
Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation home owning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED lights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, I'm going to say something here. Uh-oh. That you've never said before? <laughs> <laughs> Depending where you live, you're not going to like it, what I'm going to mm-hmm. say. But it's okay. I'm going to say it anyway, right? So I think that, again, for immigrants, what Ingrid is sharing here, the relocation, it's easy peasy. We are okay freaking real moving from one state to 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 the other true and, and who who cares we are adaptable here's the part that depending on where you are you're not gonna like me but that's okay because you guys are gonna agree I'm with just what doesn't I'm care saying. about being like you want to you know so I exactly I don't give one so anyway PA I live in PA you know how many people that live in New Jersey that don't walk across the bridge. Yeah. I hear on our community, oh, are you guys having investor con in your jersey? Never. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Get into a flight, go to Arizona, beautiful Arizona, yeah. go to Austin next year. The locations are great. Stop it. Stop complaining about California is too expensive. Like, cut it. Stop it. I had it. <laughs> I had it. I love what you're saying, Ingrid. Strategically, you guys moved for your future. Like, it's mm-hmm. not like, oh, we have nothing else to do. And we love moving. We oh, love packing <laughs> and, 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 and then moving, right? I yes. think people want the financial freedom, but they don't want to pay the price that it takes. Yes. And one thing that I want to say is the biggest price is the mental price. Because mm-hmm. I bet you guys want to quit a lot of times during those two years, right? Oh, like, yes. this up. Like, what's going on over here? Forget about it. Let's go there. For all the people that are in it for, you know, oh, I'm trying to make it work with my job, but I'm about to quit. I cannot go to the office another week, Right. What would you say to that person? How can he or she work with a struggle in their minds? I would say that think of your future. 
And that's what we did. Like we, I, sometimes I would wake up and be like, oh, I don't want to go to work. Or even like when we were going and getting our master's, we were working 50, 60 hours. And then we were doing our master's and licenses. And I would see my friends going to the lake or going traveling. And it was me and my husband, my husband and I on a Friday night studying after working a 10 hour shift, studying for five hours, weekend studying eight hours a day. And it's more like we have the, our goal, our end in mind. We needed to understand that in order to accomplish financial independence, it wasn't going to be easy. If it was easy, everybody would be financially independent, honestly. So it's more like have that assessment in your mind of like, why am I doing this? What is your why? If you wake up and you don't want to show up to work and you just dislike your boss, what is the why? Why do you keep showing up? Do you want to spend time with your family? Do you want to travel? So always keep the end in mind when you're challenging yourself or when you wake up with those feelings of not going to wanting to go to work. And the why has to be deep. Yes, it has to be very deep. Yes. I mean, a lot of people... I've had an exercise where if you answer the why question, and if you keep asking why that, why that, why that, it gets to that root cause, right? Of what's, yes. what's really important to you. I mean, that's just amazing that you, in terms of what you've done. So, and I, and I love this strategy. So Friday night, you and your husband, well, most people are doing other things. You're literally getting that master's or you're getting a certificate. So, so now you're more bankable. Now you have more money. What was that next purchase? And when so did our- that began your scaling? Yes, that's where the scaling began because then we sat down and we're like, okay, so what's going to happen now? We did first step, the second step, let's focus in real estate. And our market is Georgia. Just our goal was to eventually come back to Georgia and be with our family, close to mm-hmm. our family and friends. So we invested heavily in Georgia. So that's where we decided, okay, so we're bankable now. The banks like us because now mm-hmm. we have all of this. And we started buying. It was 2018 when we kind of like pick up and started buying. Mm-hmm. And we bought like the first year, we bought three properties. And we just started scaling, scaling, scaling. And it got to a point where we decided to partner up with other people. Because if you want to grow and go further, you got to go with other people that complement you. And that's where the scale really uh, took off. And what unit count did you say, okay, we're not going to use our own money. We're going to partner. And I don't know if you were using, actually, I'm assuming that expanded your ability to buy more with others. But that's my assumption. Yes, is that what you did in terms of? Yes, like we started building like our own portfolio and about, I would say about 20, 25 units. We decided like, you know what? Uh, we want to go into smaller multifamilies, but now we're talking about, you know, a higher price tag, you know, mm-hmm. one, $2 million. And we don't have to go at this alone. And I think it's something like what Andresa said, like as an immigrant, you want to prove yourself that you can do it yourself. And we realized we can go farther if we work with a team that can complement us. And that's where we started establishing relationships and networking, going to meetups and meeting our future partners. And that's where we grew even more. And what was that partner that first deal that you did with partners? What did that look like? Because that's also a very big question mark for people. You know, should we we just recorded a mini suit about this? Should we, you know, go 50-50? Should we go? And depending on how active these partners are, was it, was it a lender, you know, and then there's a whole other litany of things. But tell us a little bit about that structure and how did you set it up and, and some learn lessons around that oh, and the course. size of the property? Yes. So uh, we partner up on a 34 unit. 
in South Carolina. So we're, I'm actually located in Augusta, Georgia, which is kind of like really close to the border of like South Carolina. So we met our partners through networking and just discussing it. And when you find a partner, it's all about just establishing that relationship. It's not like you show up one night and you're like, hey, Andresa, let's be partners. No, you need to develop that relationship. See, make sure be that your shocked. values. <laughs> you make sure, shocked, right? I'm sure you, you got that, right? But yes. you're shocked how many people. Yes. Even my, now it's like DM. I yes. Like, are you serious? It's like you I need to like. Yes, you need to start dating a partner. You need to make sure that, you know, Andresa's and Liz's values are aligned with my values. Because it's not about, or maybe not partner up with us, you know, with someone because they're your best friend. It doesn't mean they're the best business partner for you. So making sure that you have those values aligned. And it all started with showing up to meetups, networking, putting yourself out there, and also being self-aware of what you can bring to a partnership. So it's not all about, hey, what can you bring to me? It's a relationship. What can I bring to this partnership? How can I add value? I'm very curious, and I'm sure all the people that are listening are curious too. You became financially independent at 30, under mm-hmm. 30. At what point did you quit your job? We want to know about the quitting. <laughs> I actually quit my job just last year. So I stayed on my job for an additional three years before I quit. So I became financially independent and then I waited three more years and then I quit. Why though? Why? Because I needed to make sure I needed to solidify my portfolio. And it comes back, guys and ladies, it comes back to that bankability. Yes, I reached financial independence. But in our mindset, my husband and I said, okay, so I'm going to, we're going to keep working. How can we solidify that portfolio? So when I make the transition and it got to a point, and that was last year where my husband and I, we sat down and we're like, okay, so it's getting to a point where I'm working and leading a team in engineering, but then also I have my portfolio and I didn't have the bandwidth to do both successfully. Could I do both, you know, in a mediocre way? Possibly. But I wanted to make sure that I focus on our future. So I left my W2 job and I focused on what was going to bring us the life that we wanted. And we we just recorded another episode. You get you're like, we're like, oh, we're on to something with our many so topics, but about stabilization. So when you sit talk about solidifying your portfolio, walk us through what you mean by that and, and how did you do that? Yes. So that pretty much means I have we had acquired all those units. But we needed to make sure that we had all the CapEx taken care of. So we want to go ahead and increase those funds for CapEx. Make sure that, hey, if a property needs a new roof or it needs, uh, needs a new water heater, let's go ahead and take care of those CapEx items now in order to ease the transition into real estate. Because what happens if you go and then suddenly you have like 20 leaks on the roof because you decided not to change those roofs. So we decided to go each property and decide, okay, so what do we need to do for maintenance? What do we need to do for CapEx? In addition to that, we wanted to make sure that we had market rent on all of our portfolio. And that required that if a tenant left, we needed to do renovations in order to increase that. Renovation takes money as well. So we wanted to stabilize that and lastly, we wanted, before I left, I wanted to make sure that I had to maximize my bankability with the banks, just in case. I wanted to make sure that that was taken care of in case we wanted to buy more properties. So that was kind of like the transition of events. I love that. I want to just make a note for those listening that aren't familiar with CapEx, like the lingo in, in, in multifamily. Mm-hmm. 
it, it stands for capital expenditures. So if you think of your monthly expenses as electric, you know, what have you, that's not what we're talking about. This is one-time costs that are going to improve the building uh, that are, you know, the, the, the has more zeros, right? Yes. <laughs> HVAC, right? Windows, right? Replacing all the windows. You think that's a that's a that's a capex, especially mm-hmm. in a multifamily with thirty four units or what have you. That's an in- incredible cost. So I just want to make mention of that. In terms of the bankability, what was your relationship like with the banks? What were the conversations? What type of meetings did you have? Because that had to be a conversation, right? Um, because what's bankable to certain banks or what what looks good to certain banks could d- vary, especially now mm-hmm. with with the changing landscape, right? With interest rates and just how more conservative certain banks are. So. What were those conversations and when did you have them? And I'm sure oh. you had them strategically, knowing, yes. no, hearing you and hearing what you you do, you, you sound like a very strategic person. So I'm curious about that because the woman listening can pick up on that now as they prepare. You didn't do that after, you did that before, I'm sure. So I'm curious to hear what you did and how you positioned yourself to ensure bankability. And I would say that it was like multiple conversations. And that's something else. If someone is actually looking to leave their W-2 job, I would highly recommend before anyone pulls the plug on your W-2, start talking to lenders, start talking to banks and find out what they're looking for. Like what happens when you quit your job? What do they want from your company? What do they expect from your company? So I would say about two years before our timeline of me quitting my job, we I decided to establish those relationships. And I was like talking to local banks, going in person, talking to credit unions. And then I was talking, hey, if I, you know, if I wanted to get a commercial loan, what are your requirements? And they told me, well, you need to do an LLC. You need to have two years worth of tax returns. So then I kind of started thinking about that. Okay, so if I quit my job, maybe I can leverage my company now. And they say that I need to do two ta- two years of tax returns. So let me start working on that. Let me start establishing that history with my company. And it's not just one conversation. If you go talk to someone, keep up with them every month. Send them an email. Hey, you know, hey, Liz, you know, we had a discussion last month. How's everything going? How are the interest yep. rates, our markets? And pay them a visit every two months. Go to their office. Hey, Liz, this is Ingrid. Remember me. Bring them donuts. <laughs> Make sure you talk to them. And that's how it started pretty much. It's like me establishing that relationship. And as it grew closer from that date, they kind of knew my goals. They knew that I wanted to invest in real estate. They knew who I was. They, they would recognize me in the bank. Yeah. So when I quit my job, I already had kind of like a path of what to do with my company. Yeah. I didn't have my W-2 job, of course, but I had my company. And you were a known history. entity. You were a yes, known entity. Yes, I was a known entity. Yes. Yeah. I think that they were also quitting with you, right? Because yes. you were <laughs> with that path with them. So it was not a surprise to them. They already knew all, all along. I think mm-hmm. other things that I'm curious to see, what were your thought process you know, the benefits for from being part of a company, right? 401k, uh, other dental, if you go on and on about all the benefits that you get, insurance, how did you deal with all of that? Especially like insurance, a lot of people, we get that question a lot on our Facebook group. What are uh, self-employed folks are doing about insurance? Is that something that you also took in consideration? Yes. And I, and that's something that I didn't know beforehand, but at my discussions with other individuals that had quit their job, they would tell me, 
oh gosh, you know, I should have looked into insurance. So before I quit my job, I did started looking into agents and they provided me quotes with insurance and stuff and like self, like independent insurance agents. So they would give me quotes. So that was something on the budget that I needed to consider. So it's one of those things is like, you may be really tempted to just quit your job and you can, I mean, you can go ahead and quit your job, but once you have it taken into consideration insurance and your uh, bankability afterwards with a company in or LSC, the transition becomes smoother. Because if you quit now, and I've had conversations with individuals that they just quit and they're happy and I'm happy for them. But then the next week, they're like, nobody's going to give me a loan. And then I didn't know insurance was this much money. But when you start to like plan it ahead of time, you're going to see this as smoother transition. So we did consider insurance. We got quotes from insurance before I quit. And we make made sure that that was part of our budget before we quit or I quit. I think that's so unique that you did that at the age that you did it. Yeah. That, you know, it kind of goes against the... the it's the say? immigrants. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, Jersey folks. It's immigrants. We're old. Planners. We're, old. We're planners. We're freaking old. We're old folks. We yes. eat dirt first and then we'll party later yes no and actually yes it's like I remember like I was telling you ladies I would see my friends at the lake or traveling and we were hustling hustling going and going to school and working longer hours and even doing our own renovations we would go and drive and do our own renovations but we had that mentality of like this is not going to last forever this is going to get us where we want and we're at a point where we can go travel, we can go have fun. And we see those people that are hustling. Yes, they have a really nice car, a really nice house, but we have financial freedom and that peace of mind. So for us, it was worth it and it requires sacrifice. And I think when I see new investors, they want to get rich so quickly because of what they see in social media that they want to do two months or a month or a year. And for us, it took years of planning and like hustling and hard work. Yeah. I forget who said it, but they said the overnight successes take 10 years. Yes. Like, no overnight <laughs> yeah, right? success. Right? And, and it's really true. And 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 you're a great testament of that. Not just a good, the, the strategicness of what you did, when you did it and how you did it was all part of a plan. And I think there's so much that everyone listening can, can take from you and excited to see what, what happens next with, with, with your journey. Where can all the ladies listening learn more about you, Ingrid? I'm pretty active on Instagram. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, my handle is at engineer.onfire, engineer on fire. So you guys can, uh, the ladies can follow me on Instagram. Awesome. All this information you can find on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one, Ingrid, is what's the most transformational book you ever read? I would have to say, a book by Dan Sullivan and Dr. Benjamin Hardy, which was Who, Not How. So like, I feel like as an immigrant, I wanted to do everything myself. I wanted to take care of everything, but I realized that if I wanted to scale and to grow, I had to stop thinking of how I can do it and start thinking of who else can help me get to where I want to get. Awesome. The second question is, what's the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life? Be active. 
So when I wake up, uh, I used to be a big runner. Uh, I'm actually eight and a half months pregnant now, so I don't run anymore. <laughs> but nice, congrats. I, congrats. Thank you. So but I walk, I'm walking. So waking up, drinking a glass of water and just being active for 30 minutes. And what I do, I listen to a podcast or I listen to a book for 15 minutes. And then the last 15 minutes when I'm walking, I just analyze it and dissect it how I can use those lessons in my life, in my business. And last question, which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most? My mom. When I remember, and I didn't understand this when I was little, but when we were little, my mom used to tell my sisters and I, she used to be like, you are the only one that decides where you want to go and who you want to be. Like nobody else decides that. So that has to come from within. And I didn't understand. And I mean, she used to, she used to say it all the time, <laughs> but as an adult, I'm like, you're right. Like I decide if I want to be successful. I decide if I want to be a victim and blame other people for my failures. So my mom has been a great inspiration. And she just inspired everyone listening to this as well. So yes. Ingrid, thank you so much for being on our show. Thanks for sharing your wisdom with all of us. Excited to see what happens next for you. Thank you, Liz. And thank you, Andresa, for having me. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.